to the golfing mind. This is uh, this is podcast number one hundred and thirty-seven. Can you believe that? And if you're a new uh, listener to the podcast, you've got one hundred and thirty-six in the uh, vaults. You can go back to, and the title of most of the podcasts will give you a fair clue of what the uh, podcast will be about. Um, the golfing mind is a podcast which, as I say every week. Uh, looks at the game of golf in general, but the mental game of golf in particular. Now, I know I repeatedly go on about how many people find the mental game of golf very dull, but, you know, I think if you have a good mental game on the golf course, you'll have a great mental game in life. The two things are indistinguishable for me. This notion that the mental processes that serve you well on the golf course will not serve you well off the golf courses. It's balderdash, as they say now this country it just uh, it doesn't make sense it's like if you get yourself physically fit um that fitness is going to be beneficial in all areas of your life and there's a lot of um research that says a a healthy body uh, and a healthy mind are this much influenced by each other so if you get yourself physically fit your mental conditioning will automatically improve um but i'm not here to talk about fitness today. I'm here to talk about um, possibly the best putting tip ever. And um, I should, I think I should have qualified that in the uh, introduction to this and say it's what I consider to be my best putting tip ever. Having worked with a number of golfers who were going through a ghastly time on the putting green, I know most of them would experiment with different types of putters and uh, one or two of them would go and uh, see a specialist putting coach and often this helped for a bit or a while uh, but frequently they didn't feel it was a permanent fix and uh, I would try and work with them or I would work with them on their attitude or their mental approach. So I used to um, give them this one particular approach to the game, which I'm going to share with you today. But obviously, uh, I'm not going to just blurt it out right away because I think I need to introduce the background, the thinking behind it. And um, what it came down to was self-perception. Now, I've often uh, said in this podcast and in other podcasts that I've been on that, you know, if you ask someone what kind of putter they are for me that's a fantastic question because it gives me a very good indication of what the golfer uh, thinks about themselves for example if you say to a golfer um, what kind of putter are you Um, more often than not and I would say the 80% of golfers say oh not bad or I'm okay Uh, 15% will say they're rubbish I mean they're all kind of a terrible putter um And 5%, 1 in 20, will say, I'm a really good putter. And curiously, if I've played golf with the people who tell me they're really good putters, um, they're not. They're kind of average. But the good thing about it is their self-belief, their self-perception is that they're a good putter. So one of the things I say to all the golfers I work with, and even if they're just beginners, is if somebody ever says to you, oh, what kind of putter are you? Don't hesitate. Immediately just say, I'm a good putter. There's a sort of psychological thing called form following function or function follows form. So 
if you believe you're a good putter and you say you're a good putter, your self-image uh, will be that of someone who's a good putter. So when you step up to a putt, you'll automatically have a, a belief that you're a good putter and the confidence that comes from that will be um, very clear to see. Equally, if you tell people you're a terrible putter, then your expectation is going to be, oh, I'm going to be poor today. I'm going to make bad putts. I'm going to get the distance wrong, the read wrong. Uh, I'm going to be lacking confidence on the short putts. And this all is to do with self-image because the self-image we hold to be true about ourselves, um, the, the mind will look for evidence to validate that belief. So if you tell yourself you're a bad putter and you miss a four-foot putt, that is reinforcing the belief you're a bad putter. If you say you're a good putter and you miss a four-foot putt, you'll be possibly disappointed, puzzled, but your self-image will still be that of a good putter. I hope that makes sense. Uh, I'm not talking about being wholly delusional, uh, but I'm talking about at a personal level. Um, if asked, say you're a good putter, or just say, you know, I, I think I'm a pretty good putter. Uh, but don't... Um, tell everyone you're a great putter when you're going through a slump uh, keep it to yourself because um, I think one of the most important things I've noticed is that it's very easy to um, puncture somebody's self-image I mean it's very easy to you know puncture somebody's fragile ego by telling them they're rubbish um, when they've been doing their best to believe that they're not rubbish and uh, I think it's important that you always help people by being positive in whatever comments you make. So I think telling someone uh, they're not hitting the ball well or they're not a good player, I don't think I don't think we do that, do we? To other people, maybe to ourselves. Anyway, let me get back to the, the putting tip. And it comes down to a thing, what I used to call the, uh, the thousand putts. So I mean, imagine keeping track of a thousand putts over a number of rounds. And I think to get to a thousand putts, you'd probably be looking at, I don't know, if you played 50, 40, 50 rounds of golf a year, you'll comfortably be well over a thousand putts. So imagine keeping track of a thousand putts over the course of a year. I would be curious to know what percentage of your putts you would think fall into the following categories. Now the categories are perfect, good, acceptable, poor, and awful. And I've worked through this exercise with golfers who complain about their putting. And when I do so, I first ask them what percentage of their putts do they think fall into the category of awful, category five. On average, their answer to this question is usually about 15% or less. Then the number of putts that they class as poor is about 10%. But I point out that this means that they think 75% of the putts they take are acceptable, good or perfect. The response is usually a wry smile and a, a shake of the head. Most golfers tell me that it is the poor and awful shots that are causing them the most grief and it is those that they want to eradicate. While I'm sympathetic to their desire and share it as well, I simply want to draw their attention to how they feel about themselves as a putter. I know very few club golfers who would describe themselves as great putters. In my experience, most club golfers say that they are good, average or poor. 
These are the same putters who tell me that 75% of the putts they take are acceptable or better. In my book, that's good putting. Obviously, good is not the same as brilliant, wonderful or perfect, but good is a great place from which to start. To build our confidence on the greens, we need to believe we are good putters. If we simply focus on our bad putts, the 25% that we think are poor or indeed awful, we erode our confidence as putters. Now, this is important what I'm about to say to you. A loss of confidence leads to an inner expectation that we will hit bad putts and miss easy ones. This inner expectation in turn forms the subconscious self-image of ourselves as poor putters. And the more we consciously reinforce this notion of ourselves, the deeper we imprint it within the mind. This results not only in our performing in accordance with our subconscious self-image, the poor performance reinforces the belief that it is the underlying cause. I've met a few golfers who in their early careers were brilliant players with representative honours and what seemed to be a sparkling career ahead of them. But in many instances, these anticipated careers were never realised because impressive as their game was, the sad reality was that when it mattered, they just couldn't putt. How often have you heard someone referred to as a player who would be on the tour if they could only putt? Too often, I'm sure, I believe it is a mental block, an internal subconscious yip that makes them focus on the pain rather than the pleasure of the game. The, now, when I was putting together my notes for this podcast, I wanted to give you what I think is the great tip. And it's not just a one-off sort of thing. It's a, it's a confidence-building drill. Now, I use this drill with professionals, amateurs, with every player I work with. You see, often we're too hard on ourselves, but this exercise helps to combat this impulse. And I call this impulse accentuate the positive. So this exercise is in four parts. Go to, go to a practice putting green with as many balls as there are holes on the putting green. So if there's a nine-hole putting green, take nine balls. Line all the balls up in a row. Now putt one ball to each of the holes on the putting green. Take as long as you want over the putt. Pace it out. Look at it from all sides. Go through the routine. Take a few practice votes. Do the... Read your astrology for the day, have your palm read, do a sun dance. I don't care what you do. Do whatever you want. In fact, do, do what you do in the course or in competition. Or simply put them one after the other without too much time in between. Okay? And once you've taken the stroke, watch it and decide if it was good, acceptable or poor. And you will find that the majority, 75% or more of the putts, are good or acceptable, with possibly 25% or less being putts you'll consider poor. Now, the aim of this exercise is to encourage a positive mindset when assessing our putting. 
It will help us avoid judging ourselves in a negative way. Ideally, we should think of ourselves as good putters. One of the best ways to do this is to stop being too harsh on ourselves. It's a destructive habit that we lapse into when we simply focus on the poor putts instead of those we think as being in the range of acceptable to good. Another way of approaching this idea is to imagine ourselves coaching a young player who's new to the game, someone keen to learn and who wants to improve. The young player has asked us to help them on the green become a better putter. When we join them in the practice putting green, how do we speak to this golfer? What feelings about themselves would we want the young player at the end of the session to take away? If they hit poor putts, would we seek to encourage them with constructive suggestions or would we roll our eyes and tell them, you're not the worst putter I've ever seen in my life. My God, you need to get some more lessons. I don't think we would. I think we would encourage them. We would seek to extract and accentuate all the positive aspects from the shots we watch them play and to help them learn from those that didn't go well. So we should put ourselves in that same position during our own putting. We should treat ourselves as our own coach. Be kind to yourself. Be positive and encouraging. Above all, we need to stop being hard on ourselves. Only a tiny, tiny fraction of the people on this planet who play golf actually make a full-time living from it. Even within the professional ranks, fewer still get rich. Comparing ourselves to a professional player is not a helpful process. Rather, what we should do is compare ourselves with ourselves. Keep a record of the number of putts we make per round, then recall and determine what percentage of the putts, in our opinion, were poor, compared to those were good or acceptable. Then we should set ourselves a target of increasing the percentage of good putts. It may seem obvious, but what this does is very important. It gives us both consciously and unconsciously a clear goal. It gives us a point of reference to measure our improvement or decline. This feedback is very helpful and is something very few handicapped golfers use. So this tip that I'm giving you that I truly believe is the best putting tip I know is to keep a note of what percentage of your putts are good and acceptable or even brilliant versus poor and awful. And you'll discover that the majority of your putts are not poor and awful. And what you want to do when you go to practice your putting is to do this exercise. Take five balls, putt to five holes, and then look at yourself and say, would that be acceptable in a match? Now, obviously, how harsh you are in yourself is up to you, but I think anything inside the, the dustbin lid is a, is, a, is a good putt when you're lagging. And making putts from six feet and under, if you're making 70% of those putts, that is fantastic. If you're making 60%, that's good. If you're making 50%, that's acceptable. So that's the putting tip. And I know you're going to say, well, wait a second, Robin, I thought you were going to tell me some magic mantra or you're going to give me some, um, how many coins I need to keep in my left pocket and where I keep my lucky rabbit's foot charm. But golf's not about luck. Golf is about um, practice. Uh, and as I always say, and you know I've said this before, practicing with purpose. So going to a practice putting green with a purpose and an intention behind every putt you take is very, very different 
from going to the practice putting green and just giving it a, a couple of hits before you play to get a feel for it. So I'll tell you another thing, I, another tip I can give you, and I, think it's a, I really think it's a great tip. And, uh, and I've told golfers to do this, and they look at me and they go, oh, God, what? And if I am in a hurry and I have to um, get to the first tee, and this often happens in my country because it's raining or something, the wind is blowing, and I go to the practice putting and I see people drop three balls and take some long putts and some short putts. I don't. I go to the practice putting green and I take three balls and I drop them about 10 inches from the hole and I hold them out. Bang, bang, bang. Three, three in a row I've hold. And maybe I'll drop them out and I'll drop it 12 inches from the hole or 14 inches and I'll sink those. Bang, bang, bang. And then I pick them up and I walk to the first tee. And I walk to the first tee in the knowledge I've just made six in a row. Now, is that a, it's a bit of a hack, that, because that's already made me feel, oh, my putter's working today. Now, if I take three 30-foot putts and leave them all 8, 10 feet left and right of the flag, what do I take to the first tee? A sense of, oh, my putter, oh, it's a bit cold this morning. So for me, that's a little um, trick that has been very helpful to me. And I've one or two people I've said to do it, I've said it gave them confidence walking onto the first green after they'd played their tee shot. So... Again, another thought for you. Well, that's it for this week. And I know I've been promising a, an interview, and it's coming. There's a few interviews coming, but it's going to be easier now we're at the tour season. So behind the scenes, people are working feverishly to get that accomplished. And uh, I hope to come with some good interviews, very enjoyable. And I'll be joined again by my uh, co-presenters who are busy doing something else today. Actually, it's not fair. I didn't uh, I didn't get in touch with them because I wanted to do a, a not a special, but I wanted to do an instructional um, podcast today. As always, um, there's online golf at Sega Golf. If you, if you want to buy a present for a friend, I can't think of a better present than the online program, uh, Silent Mind Golf. It has helped a lot of people. So the first lesson is free. And if after three lessons, it's not working for you, you can get your money back. But... I would like you to uh, consider exploring the mental game. And uh, you, a good place to start is the book Silent Mind Golf. I've got another book called Silent Mind Putting. And the third book was Golf Under Pressure and In Control. Uh, and that's it for this week. It's getting cold. So uh, my friends in Scotland tell me it's windy and wet on days, but they still go out and play. And that's as it should be. So I'm hoping to play next month. Um, but until we meet again uh, next week, have a, a wonderful, wonderful week wherever you may be. And if you're in a nice climate where you're playing golf, play good golf and enjoy yourself. Until we meet again, all the best. Mm-hmm.